one of the cancer doctors that I went to see that I was reluctant to go see at, sat me down. It was an early stage of cancer, by the way. And he said, are you happy with what you're, are you happy with your life? Are you happy with what you're doing for work and your relationship? And are you, you know, what's your stress level like? And do you have any spiritual, spiritual practice? And it was so bizarre in those days because it was many years ago. And mm. I just like burst into tears and I'm like, I'm miserable, you know, because I never gave myself a break and I didn't even know what inner peace was or self-love or I was so hard on myself. At this very moment, you're entering the vortex of Mystic Podcast. mission is to educate and encourage healthy, mindful living and to help others embrace the concept that we are a product of what we eat and how we treat ourselves. This is Elisa Goodman, who is my guest on the podcast today, and she's such an amazing, wise, just full of pure knowledge. I mean, such an amazing woman that has, that the knowledge really comes from living, living it, like embodied wisdom, which is my favorite wisdom. She has gone through so much in her life and she has created such an amazing company that helps so many people to move through their healthy habits and to do cleanses and to do healing. And oh my God, I think you're going to love this conversation. We touch upon plant medicine, we touch about healing, we talk about eating and healthy habits and why we do certain things based on our past. Elisa just opens up her world for us and we go into an amazing really pure real conversation about ever evolving never being perfect but always wanting to be best for us for others for the generations to come it is a conversation and we really just open up into how we deal with our life to the extent that we can as humans so Elisa is such a real person I love her way of looking at things of her humbleness of seeing that she's not perfect or even saying that she's not perfect even though she's created such an amazing like things for herself and her family but the pure the pure desire to just do better and continue to evolve and continue to evolve and help others as she evolved herself in her journey without further ado I'm just gonna go ahead and let you listen to this whole thing it's you're gonna love it so let's go right in Thank you so, so much for your time and your energy, Elisa. I am so excited to finally be talking to you. I know we tried one other time and it didn't work out on my end. Um, so I'm so excited to just welcome you into the podcast, to welcome you into this community. And I can't wait to dive deep into your life and your experiences because there are so many juicy things that I want to pick your brain on and just kind of bring your story to the light. But to begin with, if you can just tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do and where you're all about and, and just a little bit of your background on, you know, how you started to where you are right now. Yeah. So I, I live in Los Angeles, California, West Hollywood, and I'm a certified integrative holistic nutritionist. So I studied Eastern and Western nutrition. Um, I've been doing it for about almost 10 years now. And, um, I had, I was diagnosed with cancer at 32. So I had a wake up call very early in my life that sort of forced me to start down a healthier path. Um, I definitely am an explorer and 
all my life never really felt so great. So I always was dabbling in healthy things, but never like did a nosedive into them until I was diagnosed with cancer. And then once I was diagnosed, I kind of really did a nosedive into healthy things. And then I felt, then I got better and survived and felt good. And then I stopped doing a little bit of the healthy stuff. Um, then 11 years later, my husband was diagnosed with cancer at 40, 43 and a half and passed away at 45. So yeah. that, so that was like sort of another wake up call mm. of basically, okay, I got to get my shit together and I have to get healthy and be strong because I was a single parent at the time and emotionally, physically, you know, everything needed to get better and stronger. So I could take care of, I had two girls, 10 and seven. So I, that's when I went back to school and got certified and and I just got lucky because when I went back to school and got certified, I just loved what I was doing. So I kind of really devoured what was going on in the health world and sort of had a, you know, I knew that I started feeling good and better and stronger myself. So um, it was just something that, you know, was probably in me all along. But at that time, I knew that that was a path I needed to explore and right after graduating from my program, I got hired by a local restaurant here in Los Angeles, Cafe Gratitude. It was a, it's a vegan restaurant. I love that restaurant. Um, I know. And they came down from San Francisco and they opened their first space here. And my friend who owned them said, would you put together a five-day cleanse for me? Because my background was advertising marketing, like for many, many years. I worked in New York for 10 years in the advertising business and you know, very fast paced, crazy life. Um, cause that's kind of all I knew. Mm. And so I knew about marketing and advertising. So I put a program together for them and it was really fun. I mean, it was, I got to handhold the cleansers. So when I handheld the cleansers each week, they would tell me, you know, this doesn't feel good. I have this ailment, this is going on. And so I got to like really dive in and explore on my own or talk to my doctors or, you know, people in the wellness space, like what could I do for these people? Um, so it was really, I did that for like four and a half years. And then a year into Cafe Gratitude's Cleanse, this other restaurant in LA, M Cafe, which was a macrobiotic restaurant, so it was deaf macrobiotic eating. They asked me to do a program for them as well. So I did those two programs. I did that one for six and a half years. And then Erewhon, the new owners came in, this great, healthy store. Do you know Erewhon? Also love it. Yes, absolutely. So, <laughs> right with you. I know. It's pretty freaking amazing. It um, is. God, they've just taken the world by storm mm -hmm, in terms indeed. of wellness and every, you know, just leading edge stuff. So, um, they asked me to put a program together for them and I designed some juices and that was really fun. So I kind of got, you know, thrown into this, um, kind of cleansing, healthy eating, you know, just program for people. And then what happened was people kept asking me, my clients were like, will you cook for me? Will you deliver food for me? Mm. Um, cause I was a foodie, but I, I'm not a chef. So I do love food and I feel like I know what good food is and, you know, how to put together things that are super, super healthy, but I wasn't cooking them per se. I had a mm. chef that was doing that with me. And um, then we just, I started my own cleanse. It's a soup cleanse with, you know, soups and salads and tonics and lattes and, you know, protein bar and bone broth and um, all these things. And so we did, we're in our seventh year now. So I do that. Wow. 
three weeks out of the month in the Los Angeles for like 65 people. So we can only do so much because it's in glass and it's limited because of um, just the quality. I'm, you know, I'm really very conscious about having super high quality, super mm. freshness and um, really getting these people like this experience that they can reset their body in five days. So that's so where it's I'm a five at day now. cleanse. It's a five day cleanse. All of these cleanses that I've done have been five day cleanses. I love so, that. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you say that, you know, you know how to put food together, you know, food, but you just, you're not a chef. <laughs> I mean, like that's, that's a lot of people that, you know, could know about food, but they're just not great at it. So it's so beautiful yeah. that you, you can have somebody that can put these things together for you. And, and I think everybody yeah. that is listening could be like, oh yeah, I, I may know about food, but putting it together is a whole different story. But it's so beautiful to hear also that, you know, Talking about being diagnosed with cancer at so such an early age and then really changing your lifestyle and changing what you do. But then, you know, after a few years, you kind of, I'm not saying that you went back to your routine and what you were doing before, but it's just like, we're such a, I don't know how to say, like for us as humans, we get so comfortable sometimes and we tend to forget about, you know, our well-being or kind of like find um, shortcuts, if I could say. and it's so important to say, especially in the spiritual realm and in just in, in well-being in general, that it's a conscious choice. Yeah. Like absolutely. every single day, it's such a conscious choice. <laughs> right, right. And it's like we have to be pushed to the edge, yes. you know, we have to be diagnosed with something or, oh my you know, some trauma happens in our life and then we're like, oh my God, we got to get ourselves together. Um, I know it's sad that we do that. It's sad that we don't honor ourselves along the way to the degree that we take care of ourselves, you know, first and foremost, not in a, I always say not in the egotistical way, but in a, just in a way that is really important. I know, but it's also to, to understand, like, you know, when, when we talk about, um, diseases like cancer and we talk about this big, you know, diagnosis within the body, sometimes we can look at them as like, ah, oh, you know, like why this is happening, but you know, not that I've been diagnosed and, and, and I cannot only imagine, but the things that happen to us from the very little to the big things that happen in our lives, as you're saying, it's like, if we could see them as like awakenings that are happening to, to change our lives, because otherwise we go back to our same thing. So sometimes these things happen and, and it's so beautiful to understand. And so many people that I've interview for the podcast you that have gone through big changes in their lives and big things they only have so many things to say about how everything changed for them because I truly believe that wellness it's not a food is a big part of it it really right. is yeah but also yeah. is the mind and the way we take care of our physical body too um so I want to hear from you back to when it happened and, and you got diagnosed and I can't even imagine how that was for you, but talking about where you were with food and also where you were with your spirituality, how connected you felt or like, what was that about? A lack of connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, hugely lack of connection. And yeah, I felt, um, you know, I was always, I grew up with a very type A, very motivated family, very successful family. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I always was not feeling good. Like I kind of had a chronic fatigue, I had a low immune system. So I got sick a lot. So there was a double whammy going on. Like they labeled me a sick kid. She's going to get sick. You know, if she stays mm -hmm. out too late or, 
or where, you know, it's cold out or it's raining, you know, she's going to get sick, that kind of thing. And so in my head mentally, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm weak. And then I wasn't being able to perform at the level that my parents were. So I think, you know, definitely. That must have been a lot of pressure, I bet. Yeah. It was the self-esteem, self-worth issue was also at play too. Mm. So it was a double whammy. So all those years I was overcompensating to just play catch up, um, to, you know, succeed and be successful and to be smart and to be where they're at. And then also not really focusing on what the physical aspects of all that were doing to me. I didn't connect those two at all till way later in my life. Um, now I know how important, you know, the, the, the mental part is even sometimes more than the, you know, physical food, all of that mm. stuff. So, um, but yeah, so I was, you know, I was climbing the corporate ladder, moved to New York and working long hours and eating really crappy, you know, in those days, we were we would go eat to sushi was super hot and popular, and also we thought it was <laughs> dietetic. So we'd go to all these right. crappy sushi places. We'd walk in and it smelled gross, and they always tell you not to go to a sushi place that smells bad. But it was cheap, and you know we'd go and have a couple of sakis and and some sushi, and <laughs> we thought that was good. Um, but I was definitely a sugar addict, and um, I needed sugar for energy. And I was ca- I love caffeine. I still kind of do. That's one of my vices. But a lot of caffeine. Um, we had we were so, we were socializing and taking clients out to dinner and you know clubs and all that stuff. So we were out very late and drinking a lot of alcohol and just it was a crazy lifestyle. So um, the combination of it all was not good. And I think one day I woke up in New York and I said to my husband, I just want to, I need a slower life. I knew that it was starting to get to me and I was kind of going down a rabbit hole and I wasn't feeling good and happy at all. And I moved him to New York, uh, to Los Angeles and I'm from Arizona. So I just wanted sunshine and maybe you know slower life here. Um, I didn't want to have to be commuting into the city and New York taking the train and all of that. And the weather was starting to get to me. We moved here. And um, that's, you know, when I was diagnosed with the Mm. cancer, like six months later, um, I think it was this accumulation of, I was not in body, you know, I didn't even know what being in my body felt like. So I was stressed all the time. I was unhappy. I, you know, never thought anything was good enough. I'm total perfectionist. I was one day eating really healthy, the next day not eating healthy because I wasn't feeling good about myself. Um, In those days, it was like the snack wells and the fat-free stuff. And then you went from (laughs) fat-free to, you know, no sugar to like Atkins diet stuff. I mean, it was nuts, like what was happening or the artificial sweeteners. We were just eating really crappy, not even (laughs) totally knowing, but once I landed in LA, it was interesting. It was a whole different vibe. So there was Mrs. Gucci's that became Whole Foods. And that was a really beautiful store with fresh produce and easy to get to. And there were acupuncturists and yoga was popular. And there was a juice place down the street from where we lived. And I was like, hmm, I think I'm going to like it here, you know, but I didn't realize that I was going to need it all um, mm-hmm. until I got diagnosed with the cancer. 
It is so interesting because it's literally like listening to, you know, my life back in Miami of this, you know, just eating crazy stuff, going out. It's like, it's so interesting how it was just out of control. And then I moved to LA and it was just a whole reset of like, whoa, 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 what's happening. But I want, and this is, I don't know why this is coming, but, and I think it was because I was talking to my partner not too long about this and, you know, family dynamics when it comes to this idea and the pressure of being perfect, the pressure of being successful, the pressure of being. And, and the thing is, is that when it comes to food, I think at, at least the way I grew up and you tell me if that was a little bit, maybe something that happened to you. But I, when I grew up, it was this idea of like body image, especially when there's, you know, so much TV and then social media starting to, to be a thing and all these things. And is this idea of how we need it to look like. And, 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 and also like you said, well, sushi, so she's great. I mean, so she may keeps you skinny and it's such a crazy thing about this food dynamics because I remember I was telling David you know when I moved to LA David is my partner and when I moved to LA and every time I will go back to Miami to visit my mom the first thing that my mom would say is hmm you're a little bit skinny or like "Mm, you gain a little bit of weight and it's such a crazy thing that that was the first thing because I remember before starving myself to get into the jeans or you know eating so good for one day and the next day just you know going all the way into the the bucket of ice cream or whatever that was um so that idea with with body images I think is such a crazy journey and I'm curious to see how that have been for you with your own food and and your own New York life. (laughs) It was, it was crazy. I mean, I have to say um, body image and how we looked was really important. You know, our appearance growing up with my family was super important with, with my mom. So, I mean, she had me working out when I was 15 at a gym with, you know, women that were 20 years older than me. I was probably the youngest. I mean, it was a little bit mortifying and she (laughs) took me to a spa, Rancho La Puerta, it's in Tecate, Mexico to go and, you know, work out because she thought I was a little overweight, you know, and I was probably a little overweight um, because emotionally in my teens, I was emotionally eating because I was Mm. stressed and not happy, but yeah, that body image thing is was always, you know, at the forefront of what was going on for me. Absolutely. And it was a bit of starvation for a while. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like you said, the same kind of thing going. And when someone mentioned, when my dad or mom would, I'd come home from New York and see them. I was always nervous because what they were going to say, yes. you look good, you don't look good, you know, and um, they always had a comment and, you know, I've had to um, really work on that tremendously still to this day, even at my age. And I have two girls. I was always like, Oh my God, don't give me girls. Don't give me girls. Cause <laughs> it's going to be so hard. Um, and I have two girls, of course. So it's, mm. you know, I, my mom took sugar out of our house at a very early age because she was asthmatic and, um, she, you know, was you know, finding out that it wasn't good for her asthma. So when they do that, when you're a kid, um, you just want it even more. She took Absolutely. out the snacks and the soda and I'd go to friends' houses and I'd just devour myself and basically get sick. So, um, mm. but the bad thing is I did the same thing with my girls. I took sugar out of the house and, um, isn't that interesting? was such a bad idea, bad mm. decision I made. So <laughs> Live and you learn again. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reason why I think I wanted to bring this up, this idea of a body image and, and how, you know, 
we have this pressure of how we look and, and from our, you know, from our parents and from our family and from our family and from our friend circles, it's because I think we don't talk about this enough talking the normalization of it's not even that they're bad people. Like when they say this comments yeah. of like, you know, maybe you're a little bit of a right, or maybe you're too skinny. It's just literally a reflection of whatever programming, whatever beliefs we grew up with, like, you know, commercials, television, like all of this media and how we've been grew up to believe. But it's important, I believe, to be honest about like, it's, 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 it happens. Like even, you know, to your age, it's like, it's still something that you work through and, and you learn to normalize it and just say, okay, I'm not saying that is a great thing. I'm saying that it's, you know, something that we move through that we've got to be sovereign about and, and, yeah. and to heal through our own degree of, of, of our own life. But it's, it's so pretty in- rampant these days, you know, yes. it's, it's really, it's really bad. It's gotten worse, you know, with social media, right. You know, I mean, people are just re like redoing their bodies on mm-hmm. social media. I mean, it's just such, it's gotten so, a lot when of I was growing up and we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit, you know, calmer in regard. We just looked at magazines, but yeah. now we're yeah. bombarded by it daily. And um, it's tricky. I mean, I don't, I feel for my girls because that, that is something <laughs> they look at hourly daily and probably think about mm-hmm. a lot more than I did. And this important piece that I want to bring in is, you know, the other piece about mental health and the other piece about spiritual connection. And, and I think not that we're ever going to do it perfect. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't have kids yet. And, and I can't only imagine that responsibility of, of trying not to fuck it up in a way, trying not to do anything wrong for them and knowing that you're still human. But I think that this mental health and even just because I see a lot of people that just, they just don't want to change. It's too hard. It's, they don't want to put the work in and the inner work sometimes can be really uncomfortable. So I want to talk about this movement of, of your life changing so, so drastically in terms of mental health and in terms of spirituality and how that whole, because I believe that, you know, you're doing your best and I'm sure you're doing a great job with your girls because even just having that strength of, of mental health is such a huge piece on, on the puzzle. Yeah. Well, you know, when I, um, got diagnosed with cancer, one of the cancer doctors that I went to see that I was reluctant to go see at sat me down. It was an early stage of cancer, by the way. And he said, are you happy with what you're, are you happy with your life? Are you happy with what you're doing for work and your relationship? And are you, you know, what's your stress level like? And do you have any spiritual, spiritual practice? And it was so bizarre in those days because it was many years ago and mm. I just like burst into tears and I'm like, I'm miserable, you know, cause I never gave myself a break and I didn't even know what inner peace was or self-love or I was so hard on myself consistently all the time. So that was a wake up call. And then I dived into therapy after that um, to t- kind of try to get my head straight. Mm. And, I, and I just started doing a lot of reading, a lot of self-help books and trying to figure my, you know, figure all this out. But I mean, it took, it took a long time and years. I mean, even, you know, like we talked about with the food and all of that, you know, I went back and forth after the diagnosis, after I healed and then had girl, my girls, I didn't really practice it as strongly as I should have until, until my husband died. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's another, you know, with the food part and, um, the spiritual part needed to come into play 
And I, I don't know, it just, it be, sometimes it feels like it takes me a long time to get it. I wish that sometimes <laughs> I got it quicker, mm-hmm. but you know, now it like, I just turned 61 and, and I feel so good now. It started at 58, like my life really turned around and I found self-love and inner peace. And I always say that's like, was the biggest gift I could have ever given myself besides mm-hmm. my girls, you know, like it was, it was everything because I was able, when I found those things, I was able to decompress and go back in my body and know how to get myself back in my body and calm my system down and, you know, just like really see things for what they were and evaluate um, the way I should have instead of being really reactionary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still something I have to work on consistently, but yeah, that's, you know, it's really important. Um, that spiritual part is, I mean, that's when everything changed for me, like my relationships, my health just skyrocketed to a different place. My mental ability, you know, alertness, ability to do things, um, just everything changed in a good way. Once I sort of awoken that spiritual component, so, and, and how did that happen? Because you mentioned 58. Is that when your husband died or is that when something no, spiritually so, for you happened? Yeah, it did. Um, so it, he died at 45. So, um, and then I started diving into more um, energy healing after he died. So I did mm-hmm. the talk therapy for years. And then I found some intuitive healers and energy healers and astrologist. And I love all this stuff. I love crystals and just yes. Reiki. and I love it all. So, cause I was just really searching for like how to get in touch with myself, I think. And I was working with them for years. And then all of a sudden I got a bout of insomnia. Uh, that was, I've had a lot of health issues, but I have to say the insomnia maybe at 57 was probably one of the worst things I've ever gone through. It was uh, so bad Mm. that I wasn't sleeping through the night and I was taking herbal stuff and then that wouldn't work. And then I was going to the -the over-the-counter medications and that wasn't working. And then one night I just was like, holy crap, there's something emotionally not right with me, you know? And so it just kind of all unfolded. A friend of mine who's a shaman and a wellness coach um, said, maybe we should try doing some psilocybin and see what happens, you know, because I felt like I was always on this roller coaster and my central nervous system was always revved up. One of the energy healers told me that she's like, you are so revved up, you're vibrating. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, I can feel that when my daughter, my youngest daughter, she's 22, when she sits next to me and she's like really close to me, I can feel her body vibrating. Mm-hmm. And I never knew what that was because we can't feel it for ourselves. So I was, it, I always remember that and kind of scared me a little bit because I didn't know how to calm it down totally. I mean, I meditated, I did yoga, but those things just didn't do it. And yeah. then I think I, I hit a wall because I'm very type A and, you know, I'm very much still a perfectionist. So I was working like a crazy person and, you know, I just never like took enough time to decompress. Mm-hmm. And then the insomnia just was basically telling me, you know, you can't go on like this. We did a journey 
And um, it was so incredible because I got to see my life, how crazy it had been. And I could feel like the vibration of how I had been living. And I was definitely not living in a parasympathetic nervous system place, the rest, digest, restore. I was always in the fight or flight. Fight or flight. And that's what most of us are these days. You know, I think that we've become that with, with the world, the way the world has become. Yeah. And I was so bummed out, you know, that I had been living like that. And then I got to see the other side of what calmness, what, what that looked like, what, and I got to see how everything was going to be okay if I didn't live that way. I, and I, it was so wild to be able to just like viscerally feel what it would feel like to not live in a fight or flight and to see, see the future in some ways, you know, see that everything was going to be okay. And that there was so much out there for me. If I could calm my body down, if I could get myself back in my body and just live from a heartfelt place and a more spiritual place rather than a head place. And that, that's what, that's what everything changed. Like I started sleeping again, you know, I, did a few, I did a bunch more journeys because I just am always like interested in learning and what my potential is and what's, you know, and also what things I need to change, you know, for my girls and my, my partner as well, my fiance, and just how I need to interact with people and to get to the places I want to go. Um, and it's, it's been really amazing. You know, I'm, I never was someone who did drugs growing up. Like, I mean, I probably did a little bit in New York, but you know, smoking weed <laughs> teenager, I could never do. And, um, but yeah, it's been interesting, like many years later now, you know, experimenting with this stuff and it's so, so incredible. Like it just, it, cause you can tap back into, you know, those feelings that you felt while you were on the journey and get yourself to kind of calm down and realize, okay, you know, this is, this is the way it's supposed to be. Hmm. And that's, that's why that's when like my whole world changed. Um, my, I had hypothyroidism Hashimoto's, which I was trying to go and put into remission. Um, mm. that my, you know, my thyroid numbers went down, my antibodies went down. Like, you know, I felt like everything started to like change in the physical sense. in so many ways I got, I just felt better and energized and healthy. And so, and it's, it's so crazy that like, you know, such an inner shift can change so much in the physical reality and, and so quickly too. But one of the things that you mentioned about, I was really afraid that things were not going to be okay unless I was in fight or flight um, all the time. And I think this is what gets a lot of people in the understanding of like, yeah, inner peace sounds great. You know, meditation sounds amazing. Energy healing. Yeah, that's awesome. But I also have a life to live and I have bills to pay and I have, you know, my family and I have all these things. And and we don't really see the co the correlation of that inner makeup. And, and, and I think talking about the fear is also so much about the... I feel like we're always being, it's like we have like uh, a direct line with the entire population. It's like always right. on call. We're always on call. It's like either social media or somebody's calling and we all, we feel like you always have to be available and that it's normal that people go into this, you know, especially if you're a perfectionist, if you love to do everything, you know, uh, the right way and to be at your best. But 
this fear that that you were talking about of like, is my life going to be okay? I feel like it's the part that stops us from going forward to exploring new things like you just explored, you know, um, and, and really looking at, okay, well, the way I'm living right now is great, but, you know, not so great also, because I feel like we get so comfortable within the uncomfortability of our lives. Absolutely. You just, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we do, we get into a pattern and that's feels safe to us, even though mm-hmm. it's not a pattern that's healthy for us. Right. Yeah. We, we, we were so used to accessing, um, you know, the fear to get, a, to get us to get things done. Right. Mm-hmm. Even, mm-hmm. or I was just experiencing with a healer, letting go of, you know, some resentment, past resentment or um, frustrations that I have been holding on to. And I'm so used to accessing that, that I don't know what it's like to not live in that place. It's talking about like food addiction is the same thing as like addiction to like this drama, this story, this trauma, this um, response. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, every client, like I just had a client interestingly this week that is, has the early stage of leukemia Hmm. and we were talking on the phone and I said, you know, how do, why do you think this came up and what's going on? Was there some trauma recently? Was there major stress? You know, I'm always talking to people about their early childhood and what went on there because your subconscious is fully downloaded the first seven years of your life. So a lot of times we have had something go on there that we forget about, you know, we don't think it's a big deal as we go, you know, life goes on, but it could be so impactful because we operate 90 to 95% out of our subconscious. You and I are like 5% conscious right now, Mm -hmm. which always blows my mind. So I feel like we, you know, we, we have these messages that are replaying in our body and they're downregulating our immune system. And they put us into fight or flight mode a lot of times, unless we're practicing all this other stuff we're talking about. So I feel like, you know, she said to me, she's been always terrified of getting cancer. Hmm. Always. Like I've just, it's one thing I'm terrified about. And just, she wants, she doesn't have any symptoms. She felt great. And she just thought to herself, I should go to the doctor and get a general checkup. And lo and behold, they found this early stage of leukemia. I know. And, you know, she was like, I think I manifested this to come on. I mean, there are definitely many ways, you know, there's definitely other factors that have to come into play. Mm. Um, But, you know, there's this cancer book that I love called Radical Remission. And the woman that wrote the book actually followed stage four cancer cases and how they healed holistically. They didn't heal with Western meds. And it was all about spirituality and stress and post-trauma things. And, you know, just really also self-love and, you know, just self-acceptance. And when they got those modalities into place, things healed. Then they did food and supplements and exercise, but the majority of the stuff was like all of the other, the self-love, the de-stressing, you know, it's, you know, getting past the traumas that had gone on in their life. And, you know, it was, it was fascinating. We are such a fascinating, complex beings. Like, it's such a crazy thing to think, you know, we can manifest things in their subconscious, which we do all the time because energy in our life, it's pretty much a mirror of whatever it is that we're thinking all the time. So she probably not wanting 
manifested that energetics to come. But then the beautiful thing about that is like, if you did manifest it, then you also have the ability to do the opposite, right? To, to manifest it out of the body. And it's just that awakening of understanding how powerful our mind is. And, and also, as you said before, you know, it's really important how we eat and how we treat our bodies, but it all starts with our men, our mind, I believe, because if, if we don't have the consciousness of understanding how amazing our body is, how powerful our mind is, like, if we don't have this mental awareness, and I think what would happen, it's, you know, we would just eat out of, like you said, emotional eating, which, you know, I, I've been through emotional eating and it's something that I continue to work on. But talking about this kind of conscious awareness, how do you see eating now? Is it more intuitive? Is it, um, how does it look like? Yeah, that's such a great thing because I always talk to clients about the fact that if, you know, if they're in fight or flight, they're stressed, you know, even if I give them healthy food for five days, let's say they take, do my cleanse, mm-hmm. you know, it might not do what it needs to do because oh. you're not in a place where you're really accepting it. Mm-hmm. So you're not accepting the fact that this food is going to nourish and heal you. So you're right. It's, there's, it's such a really, really important correlation, and especially for people who have health issues or even cancer. It's like, you know, I try to like when I drink my green juice, when I used to, maybe not so much these days, but I try to like, wow, this is going to really detox my organs. It's going to lower viral bacterial fungal loads in my body. It's going to hydrate me. It's, it's just like a liquid IV of gold, so to speak, or vitamins and minerals. So I try to imagine that this food is going to really, you know, help my cells get healthy and not be so acidic and be able to replicate in a healthy way. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's just magical when you, you know, you could sit down and have a healthy kale salad, but if you're stressed and not focusing on being really grateful that you're eating healthy, then that's such a great trick. Yeah. might not, you might not be able to absorb the nutrients and just really get what you want out of it. So, um, and plus, you know, when we're stressed, we're just, our, our digestion shuts down. We don't even digest the food. Hmm. We're just like, it completely shuts down when we're stressed and we're in fight or flight mode. That's what people also don't understand. So you're eating on the run and you're not digesting the food or absorbing any nutrients. So it's, I try to, you know, I don't always do the best job. I'm not perfect by a Nobody long is. Job. Yep. <laughs> but, um, I still do eat really fast and on the run and in between clients and all that stuff. But I mean, I mentally know that, you know, if I were, when I sit down for dinner, it's more so dinner because I sit down with the family mm. and um, just try to like uh, decompress and really enjoy what I have in front of me. And um, it's crazy how you feel afterwards. Mostly, you just feel so good and so nourished and nurtured. And I think so, so, so interesting because talking also, I talk a lot about manifestation and, you know, abundance and receiving. And it's a point that you touch upon like, it doesn't matter what's happening. Like, when I talk about abundance, I talk about abundance is everywhere and it's here. The thing is, are we receiving it or not? Like, where are we focusing our attention? So if you're on the run and we're focusing on, you know, running late for our appointment or the next client or the next, you know, bill, whatever it is that we're, we're worrying about, you know, we could have the most amazing 
beautiful salad in front of us or, you know, whatever is it that we're eating the most amazing, most nourishing, but we're not receiving it. And when we also practice on not receiving the things that are already there, and then we go out complaining about, well, you know, there's not abundance in my life. And it's like, no, there is, <laughs> but you just don't know how to receive it uh, in the present moment. So I think that's such a practice for everybody listening, the understanding of how all of this is related, like food, mind, you know, well-being, like all of it and manifestation and abundance. And like all of this is just such a holistic um everything is related. However we do one yeah. thing in our lives affects whatever other area of our life. Um, it's also like that. So, wow. I know. I hope that, you know, I just hope for the future, like with, you know, good doctors or naturopaths, functional doctors, or even, even the GPs, you know, just being aware of that. Cause when people do go yeah. into people, you know, their office and they're not feeling well and asking those questions, you know, they just don't do that. But Functional doctors, integrative ones are starting to do that. Naturopaths do that a little bit more. And um, it feels so, you know, you if you can get that opportunity to exhale. And even with my clients, you know, I ask them all those questions. And a lot of times by the end of the hour of me talking to them, they're telling me why they're sick, why, you know, why they're where they're mm -hmm. at, what they need to do to get back to, you know, a healthy place. I mean, it's so crazy. I mean, I'm almost like, why do you need me? But I'm just helping be a conduit in that for them space. to get back in touch with themselves, right? Um, they, you know, we're so intuitive and we have such great intuition and we know when we're off track and when we're not and what we need to do. And, you know, we just, we just need to like really honor ourselves and listen to ourselves and trust ourselves because we're so powerful um, in terms of just all of this. We can change our trajectory of our life emotionally, spiritually, physically, in every way. I'm such a believer that we can heal from anything. But I think people out there just don't, don't believe in themselves mm -hmm. that they can. And thank you so much for holding that space for people. Because as you say, it's not that they don't know what's going on. It's that they don't have the space to talk it through and be like, oh, actually, this is what's going on. And I believe, you know, in the things that you're saying about not taking the time to like, look at these things, I believe that it's so important to understand that it's not just one way of like, you go to the doctor, and then that's it. It's like, no, there's so many other things that go at play. So I am so excited to listen to your story about how this inner journey of understanding, you know, your system, how you operate, you know, your connection to your spirituality, your connection to who you are, the inner peace changes so much for you because now you're making different choices. Now you're, you know, kind of being the embodiment of what that looks like when somebody is not only taking care of their human side, but also their spiritual side. So such a wonderful yeah. thing. And, and so when you talk about your it clients, it is, it is a gift. It's it a blessing. Like, a huge <laughs> <laughs> like um, I, I get um, honestly with my I work feel and lucky that I, yes. oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, I, just, no, no. I, mean, I just feel so lucky that I was able to, I still have work to do, you know, I'm not there and mm. we'll always probably be working. Right. But um, I'm so like, just feel so lucky that I got to experience this feeling because I think, I think I always intuitively knew it was there, but I had mm. no way of accessing it, no idea how to get there. Um, and I had an upbringing that didn't operate like that and didn't ever, you know, that wasn't part of the protocol with how we were raised. 
So it was all about outside influences, you know, how things were being perceived outside. It wasn't about, you know, how were you perceiving yourself inside? And, and and how do how do they talk like your family? How do they look at what you do now? Any different? Like how is that relationship uh, now? You know, doing something so different than the way you you you've been brought up. Well, the coolest thing of all is um, I think my personal family, my girls, my partner, my fiance. You know, they're all. I mean, well, my fiance might think I'm a little still a little nutty um, with the stuff <laughs> that I do. The girls like are so on board. So it's mm. like, it's such a beautiful thing to have this relationship with them and have them, you know, be proud of what I've done and, and proud of where I'm going. It's just, it's, and then to be able to help them if they need it, you know, mm. if they want it and need it. The other family, they think I'm totally nuts. <laughs> I think, you know, I was, they always thought I was totally nuts. They always thought mm. I would came from another planet growing yeah. up. You know how that goes. Like, you know, there's always a kid in the household that's like, oh my God, where the hell did she come from? And what is she talking about? <laughs> so she's talking a foreign language and I'm like, we don't know, you know, she didn't come from me. Mm. So, um, and it's okay now. It didn't, wasn't okay for a while. It just, and that is a process in its own, right? Like the acceptance of, of, yeah, I am a little bit different and I am definitely, you know, a nutty case in, in, in a sense, <laughs> but it's also, but it's also when we are that person in our family, we carry with so much pressure and responsibility to awaken for so many others, because even if, even if that right now is still look at you as a little bit woo woo and crazy, I think there's so much for, for them to see and for them to learn. And it's such a process on its own, that kind of, you know, family dynamics. Yeah, no, I do believe at the end of the day, I'm doing a really good service for them eventually, Mm. you know, if they were to wake up and want to, you know, learn more about themselves and, you know, that kind of thing. I think that I definitely am helping them in that way. Um, So yeah, it's a beautiful thing to be able to, or even clients, I mean, all of it, I just, if they are willing to, you know, trust me and, Mm -hmm. you know, just have faith in me that I can help them get to the other side, even with a few things, um, and to see people get to the other side with those few things. It's the most beautiful thing. Oh my God. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's so intoxicating. Mm -hmm. I have to say. It is. It's like, holy crap. Like Mm -hmm. people really are realizing their potential and their purpose and their passion. And you're like, they're different people. They're like a complete different person than when they were prior. So, and we're so like, we are so capable, you know, and also that's another thing we don't think we're so capable sometimes because of our upbringing, because of like maybe physically, emotionally, mentally of what's going on for us. We don't feel like we can, you know, really reinvent ourselves or get to the other side of things and change our life to how we really would love to live it. One thing that I want to add, you know, for you in the understanding of how much we impact people. A lot of the times we wait for the physical evidence that we're impacting people by our awakening by our journey by our story and the truth is that in in my work in the energetics I really get to see that when somebody walks into a room 
and has that kind of depth and that kind of awakening, it's not even that you have to do anything. You don't have to convince your family. Because a lot of my clients, sometimes when we're moving through this, they want to change the world. They're like, oh my God. So now I need to talk to my mom, my sister, my daughter, like everybody, and I'm going to change them. And the thing about that, it's like, you don't have to. They are going to awaken by your own energy to their degree, to the degree that they are ready to. And when they do, they know that they have you, even if it's super scary. So just by knowing, especially everybody listening, because I'm sure they're going through almost the same thing that we, you and I have been through of, of this awakening in the family, maybe not understanding. It's like, even if they don't never doubt the impact that you have on people energetically. That is beautifully said. You're right. Because sometimes I do like forget that part of it. You know, sometimes I do forget that just myself opening up and finding all of those fantastic things that make me feel peaceful and, you know, be able to be more intimate or more loving with the people around me is just enough. Yeah. Cause Mm -hmm. you know, you're right. Cause I'm always like, okay, how can I change this person? And how can I change, you know, (laughs) so you're right. You're right. I had this vision. Like one time I had a dream that was so crazy. It stuck with me, but I dream, I dreamt that I was just, I had this fairy dust and I was flying all over the world. It just, sprinkling fairy dust on people's oh, houses goodness. wake up wake up wake up wake up to all these I mean it was so crazy um, but that's but, that's that's what we that's what you probably do in well, an energetic you know, level that was exhausting that was like okay no I can't do that. <laughs> too much that effort way too much pressure <laughs> yes but it's the, the other thing that it's you know the miracle of how things work it's like they awaken at their own time and their own pace without us having to do anything. But the truth is that we do do that. Like when we have that depth and people get to experience that in our, like within our physical space, that's all we need to do. And just be open, you know, for them to be ready, but to let go of that um, need of fixing everybody, just because we think we know best. um, I usually just remind myself, yeah, but think about you when you were not awoken and if somebody would have come to you to tell you what you should do and what you should not do, how would that, you know, have gone down? So, um, yeah, yeah it's, it it's important. So well. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Especially for me, I know I'm so stubborn. So, you know, I'm an Aries and very stubborn. So if someone's oh, yeah. telling me what to do, it's like very open, mostly open to like, just tell me what to do. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, in those old days, it was like, no, don't tell me what to do. So yeah, Absolutely. it's, and I have to like tap into that too, with helping people as well. Like, um, you know, I have to be able to be okay with if they're not ready to open up and they're not ready to mm. heal and they're not ready to get to where I would love to see them get to. So I have to be more okay with that too. Which is a huge piece. I think for all of us who are doing this kind of work, the understanding that it's not for us to fix but it's for us to say and then not take their power away. Because when we think we know better or when we think we know what they should do and shouldn't do and we know their timing, we're literally taking their power that they have to awaken on their own and to change life for themselves. So I always think about when I get frustrated with my, you know, when my clients or somebody that's not doing the things that I'm saying, I always think that, you know, I have to believe in them and, and having yeah. somebody that believes in you is even more powerful. So true and just that little bit you know I mean even with everything we're talking about I mean right just having someone there that believes in you 
you know, for me too, like I'm with clients talking about supplements and food and, you know, spiritual practice or, you know, just things that they should be doing exercise wise. But I think like you just nailed it. Like sometimes just listening to them and really sitting there and really heartfully believing in them Mm -hmm. is better than giving them all these, you know, things that they need to do on the exterior. So one bite at a time, I think. But <laughs> thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing all of this and for being so open about your story and sharing your medicine, your your plant medicine and your journeys. I love all of this. And, you know, just in general, your story, I think you're doing amazing things. And it's so beautiful to see that. Um, and aside from, and especially I, I know a lot of people that listen to me because I used to live in LA, are, you know, live in LA and are from LA. So um I know that you do the five-day cleanse, but other than that, you know, what's the best way for people to work with you? Um, what do you do these days so that after this podcast, they can go and stalk you and get into your world and, and, and yeah. <laughs> sure. Yes, there is that five-day soup cleanse that we do. And then, like I was saying, we we had a very popular um, super seed bar on the cleanse that we are shipping out across the country. So oh, nice. every other week we are shipping, you know, bars out to people. They're super healthy. Um, and it's exciting because hopefully we're growing that and potentially everyone will be making them and selling them in their stores too. So that's, oh, really that's fun. super fun. Um, and then I have a seven day reset. It's very similar to the soup cleanse. It's some of the favorite recipes from the soup cleanse. It's salads and soups and like juices and smoothies and um, nighttime drinks and a lot of nutritional information that's online that you can download too. Um, just to get also maybe not to do the whole seven days, but to get really healthy um, recipes to add into your protocol. Of oh, your I love routine. that. And then um, I have a bunch of stuff on the website. I have a Hashi, like a autoimmune hat PDF that how I healed and went into remission for autoimmune disease for Hashimoto's and celiac. And then I do see clients one-on-one via zoom, which I do love. Um, I love being able to, you know, sort of nosedive into maybe getting to the root of why people are sick and the, and all the different aspects. So I love looking at blood work and, you know, maybe finding something that you know, general practitioners haven't really pinpointed for them and getting them past these health issues. So I'm never happy to get them better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, my website's just Alyssa, E-L-I-S-S-A, goodman.com. Perfect. And that's the best way to find you. Yeah, absolutely. Great. And I'm on Instagram as well, of course. (laughs) And what is your Instagram? And that's like the bane of my existence. Like that. (laughs) God help me. Um, it's Alyssa Goodman as well. Just easy. So wonderful. So I am so excited to, you know, dive into this and definitely get them some recipes from you. And I think it's so important from somebody that has been through the journey that you have been to even get to see you um, and just to get your perspective in, in, you know, our own health and how, what, what is it, the things that we're not seeing perhaps, or that the doctors are not seeing, or, you know, just in general, you have so much wisdom from your journey and from who you are. So um, I would definitely recommend everybody to go and check that out. So yeah, of course. And thank you everyone for listening and for being part of the mystic community. I love you. And thank you, Elisa, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I was honored. So always honored to be asked to do these things. It was great meeting you. Thank you. Me too. And 
for everyone. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening again. And...